Hey, yo, Tyler. Hey, buongiorno. Hey, bon Jovi. Did you say buongiorno or bon Jovi? John the buongiorno. DiGiorno. It's not the delivery. It's a Bon Jovi. Do Italians even like Bon Jovi? I have no idea. So I was pretty sure at the beginning of this, we were going to have to decide whether or not we ever want to go to New Jersey again, which I, I don't. I, no offense to everybody in Jersey, but I think they know where they live is not exactly a popular place to visit. It kind of smells bad. Yeah. It's one of those states that people notoriously make fun of. And I think people that live there make fun of it or even acknowledge the fact. But I think New Jersey might be sick of Bon Jovi too. Ooh. In 2013, the New Jersey Devils, that's a hockey team for everyone else who doesn't give a shit about sports like us. I did know they were a hockey <laughs> team, but I don't care. The New Jersey Devils tried to make a Bon Jovi song, their goal song, the song that would play every time they scored a goal. goal. And the fans booed until they stopped doing it. <laughs> oh my God. That's brutal. That's pretty brutal. I'm not going to lie. That's hometown treatment. Yeah, man. Imagine if, I don't know for a fact, but I want to believe he was at one of those games. That would be no. too much. He definitely knew about it. There's no way he didn't know about it. He tried to buy one of the sports teams and everyone got mad at him. I didn't really take notes about this because it's- Did he make that? That much money? Man. He and Donald Trump were actually going at each other about the football team they were both trying, oh, to, they buy. Were trying to buy. Yeah, and then yeah. everyone got pissed at John because he was talking about buying the team and then taking it to Canada. Mm. So everyone got mad about that. Unpopular all around. God, imagine being at a hockey game, though, and your song that they converted, and you're like super amped. Hey, that's my song. And they rewrote it. Yeah, everyone's just booing it. And then they boo it so, <laughs> so hard and so much that they have to stop using it. Uh, John Bon Jovi says he's related to Frank Sinatra. So I don't know, maybe every overrated singer from New Jersey is related. Who knows? Is that, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Before we get too deep into this, I feel like we should address the fact that much of the criticism against Bon Jovi over the years has been a lot of sexist bullshit. Yeah. The thing that we talked about that bothered me the most was when people said that Bon Jovi was metal for girls or for women or whatever. Like, women can't handle metal. Yeah, yeah. I think that, first of all, Fuck you for saying that. That's bullshit. Plenty of women actually enjoy heavy metal. That's stupid. A. And B, Bon Jovi is fucking not metal. There's nothing remotely heavy metal also about true. Bon Jovi. It's not hair metal. I don't even know if hair metal is even metal anyways. We can talk about that in another episode, but... I don't even think that's metal. Bon Jovi for sure is nothing having to do with metal. But regardless, it's rude to say because women can enjoy heavy metal and do enjoy heavy metal. And Bon Jovi is not heavy metal anyways. Even if it was true, even if there did need to be some special version of metal for women. So fucking what? Yeah. Who cares? Why can't someone make that? Anyone who criticizes any band for doing that is a sexless moron. And have fun jacking your friends off at the Iron Maiden concert, dude. This is guys only. At least you won't be listening to any girly music, you know? I went to a Jurgis Priest show and everyone jerked each other off. No girls at my rock shows. <laughs> That's right. Only guys. All guys. So anyways, just wanted to let y'all know up front, Mark and I are fucking professionals and we can attack this band without resorting to chauvinism. We will not. We're not going there. Another reason this band isn't hair metal is I could not find one confirmed case of any member of this band contracting a venereal disease or accidentally killing one of their friends. Yeah, not a hair metal. Not band. hair metal. God, we should do an episode on hair metal if it's even considered metal at all let's get its own genre well what's okay well just right now what's the most metal hair metal band twisted sister maybe i glam metal that's, that's glam is glam metal and hair metal the same thing I, I always have them in the in my head as being the same but maybe not i think not because i think that that band slade is referred to as glam metal and they are definitely not hair metal yeah who would you say 
fuck, I don't know, dude. I don't actually listen to this shit. Be tough. So, yeah, we'll um, have to look it up and come back to this. Pantera is He's probably a, the most metal <laughs> hair metal band. There you go. Uh, their first album is super hair metal. Yeah, that's probably the most metal. And hair they metal shaved band. their heads and became super tough. <laughs> you don't talk about that album. Exactly. We are really, really hard. Just don't go back and look at those pictures from us when we first became a band. In 1987, someone saw Axl Rose in a hotel lobby, told him he looked like John Bon Jovi, and Axl punched the guy in the face because that's what dudes in hair metal bands do. Yeah, that's some true punk rock shit right there. By the way, I retract my former response. Guns N' Roses is the most metal hair metal band. Yeah, they definitely had hair metal aspects. Guns N' Roses was fucking awesome. Yeah, I, fuck yeah, 100%. My respect for Axel has waxed and waned over the years. There's been times where I thought he was great and times where I questioned. That makes me respect Axel even more. And I like Axel now. I'm back on the like in the Axel train. So now I'm really back on the Axel train. But to be fair, I don't think Bon Jovi ever thought of themselves as metal. I don't think they ever tried to be metal. I, I think, think so. they figured out how to sell pop music to 12-year-old boys who thought they were too tough to like pop music. I'm too edgy for pop music, so I'm going to like Bon Jovi because yeah. it's got guitars. And yeah. It's not real pop, but it is yeah. just straight up pop music. Anyone whose head is exploding right now because we're calling Bon Jovi pop music, uh, they literally brought in Max Martin to write songs with them. That's how they ended up with It's My Life. Does anybody really think this band's anything but a pop band? I hope not. I really question your ability to judge music if you think they're anything but a pop band. They are pure and simple, a pop band through and through. If you don't know who Max Martin is, this is the dude who writes songs for NSYNC, The Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Usher, Maroon 5, Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber. Uh, I'm not sure he's ever written for anyone other than Bon Jovi who may even possibly claim to be a rock band. So, yeah, I mean, we should move forward with that understanding. Yes, we'll build off that. I think the reason that we're sitting here, correct me if I'm wrong, is we're both extremely confused about why this band is being put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm confused oftentimes. A lot of bands that go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame don't make any sense to me. I have never really cared what they did or what they do. I think it's just another way for people with huge egos to inflate their egos even bigger because how often are you sitting there going, oh, I can't wait to listen to this band because they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> I don't know anyone that does that ever you know but it just reduces their worth as an organization because what did bon jovi do to deserve to be in the rock and roll hall of fame i have no clue there are so many that deserve to be in the rock and roll hall of fame before bon jovi to reiterate a couple things that you've already said and put them together into one point i think you're saying a why are they in the rock and roll hall of fame because as you've said this is not really even rock music it's pop music it's so pop. it shouldn't be in the rock and roll hall of fame and b it's a watered-down pop music version of rock bands who are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Motley Crue, Def Leppard, fucking Dio is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right yeah. now. That's insane that Bon Jovi would be ahead of especially Motley Crue and Def Leppard. And Dio also, of course, too, but those two are way more influential. There is no Bon Jovi without me? those I know, bands. exactly. Bon Jovi would not exist. That's so stupid. Spinal Tap should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Bon Jovi is in the well, Rock and Roll They made better music. <laughs> For sure. And better movies. Did Bon Jovi ever make a movie? I know we'll probably get into it, but did he ever make a movie? I feel like it's something he would do. Ooh. He's in movies as an actor. Right, but did he ever, I don't think he ever made one though. They made a lot of music videos. Also, it is weird to call Bon Jovi a band because it really is just Bon Jovi. I think the record deal is between John and the label. Those two are the only entities in the contract. He hires the rest of the members. I'm pretty sure the band is incorporated and John is like the CEO of the corporation. Hence why John is triggered every time a member of his band yeah. gets as popular or as famous as he is. Right, because those are just his employees. They're just, hey man, that guy's just my guitar player. 
He works for me. The band name is even a meathead spelling of John's last name, which if you couldn't tell from us being mean in the intro is uh, Italian Bon Jovi. Uh, mm -hmm. Totally butchering the pronunciation of that, I'm certain. Jovi? Yeah. That's always kind of a weird form of egoism, like the Dave Matthews Band. Right. Dude, it's you or it's a band. Why are you calling it the Dave Matthews Band? It always bothers me. That's really weird. It's, it is weird. I don't want you to think I'm egotistical, but I totally am because yeah. my name is going in the name. I don't think there's any bands I'm thinking of off the top of my head that I actually like that that's the case. Never. No. Why would there be? Yeah. Also, is it weird to agree to be in a band that's like that? <laughs> I'm in the Dave Matthews band. Oh, are you Dave Matthews? No, it's like actually the singer. The whole band is named after the singer. They should have just named the band John. How about that? Right. John. Has there ever been a band named John? I don't know. But I always thought when I was a kid listening to this stuff on the radio with my mom, whatever, I legit thought that was just the band name. Bon Jovi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is just literally a made up thing. Oh, wait, here. It turns out uh, they almost named the band Johnny Electric. So. so that would have been better. Johnny Electric. Sounds like a movie. So one thing you find when you look into any of these big hair guitar bands is that the audience, that demographic, you know, people who listen to this bullshit, they follow all the interband turmoil, which is always there because none of these people can ever be adults or keep it together because this is moronic, immature music. Everyone follows it like it's a soap opera or like a professional wrestling subplot or something. Everyone knows who got mad at who and who kicked who out of what band. Everyone's got their favorite person that they think was screwed over. It's really some like days of our lives soap opera type shit. And I just can't make myself care. Yeah. When I do my quote unquote research of the band, whenever when we start, because I know I'm familiar with all the bands that we do's music, yeah. but I'm not familiar with every band's history, obviously. This band is a soap opera. Legitimately is a bunch of whiny people that aren't afraid to share their whininess. That's the thing. Oh, hey, what's up with you and blah, blah, blah on the band? They don't just go, hey, man, it's some stuff we're working out. It's like, oh, well, that guy, <laughs> that motherfucker, he went on a date with some one of our friends and I don't talk to him anymore. And they seem like very immature childish human beings. They have a lot of drama. And how could you not be if you go from being young and then famous and rich and you can tell their heads are just so far up their own asses all the time. Brutally. One of the interviews that I saw with Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, gets confusing after we talked about the band name just being that dude's name. I can't remember where it was. The person interviewing him was a woman. She makes mention in the sidebar comments between just the question and answer answer part of the interview about how at one point I think he brings her some tea or something and sets it down on the table and while he's standing over her makes a show out of like yawning and raising his hands up over his head probably let his shirt come up a little bit and show her his abs or some shit like that where it's just like dude fucking go sit down do the interview act like a professional right now please so gross to even picture that in my head Ugh. You're telling this story and I'm just like imagining it. I'm just cringing. And yeah. the reason why this person is it's here so is nasty. to go tell the entire world everything that happens in this room. And that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. Don't don't do that. <laughs> I was thinking about how much hairspray these guys have used over the years. And that made me remember how big of a deal the hole in the ozone layer was supposed to be when we were kids. I think, can we blame the hole in the ozone layer on Bon Jovi? <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. You know, I was thinking you never you never really hear about that hole in the ozone layer anymore. You though, don't. You, you know? don't. But there's a reason for it. I looked it up. And it turns out that global warming is a hoax invented by China. So that's Yeah, look, dude, look, <laughs> dropping some knowledge on you here. It wasn't Bon Jovi's fault because it didn't even happen. So then I was determined to find a way to make liking Bon Jovi bad for the environment. So then I looked up acid wash jeans. Oh, well, how do they make acid wash jeans? Because that was a big thing. Uh, it turns out that uh, there's 
no acid involved whatsoever. They don't actually yeah. use acid. No. So it's way less metal than it sounds like it would be, uh, which is everything to do with Bon Jovi. <laughs> There's not even, it's not even, they don't even use real acid. Nobody burned their fingers making these jeans. I'm pretty sure these guys are all dorks. I don't think there's anything dangerous. There's no risk here. It's very, very safe cookie cutter pop music. When this guy was 20 years old, he worked in a fucking shoe store. Pretty sure he's got a foot fetish. I mean, how could you not if you're working in a, you're shoe, working store? a shoe store? When you're 20 years old. Like married with yeah, children. Let me, let me get my hands on them. Beat. <laughs> Yeah. And how I found that out is trying to figure out how this music went from being a shitty thing that no one knew about to being a shitty thing that everyone knew about. And I knew there had to be a shortcut there somewhere. So I looked into his background. I found out that he worked in a shoe store. My next assumption was he's banging Jersey housewives. You know, they're always telling him how pretty he is. Eventually he shacks up with a Mrs. Soprano type figure and she bankrolls his career. Yeah. That was my theory. Bingo. Not true. Uh, it didn't happen that way. No. It was worth a shot. <laughs> I believed it for a second, even though I know the story because I looked it up too. <laughs> that was so convincing. I was like, shit, maybe he found something I didn't. Nailed it. No, it turns out his cousin owned a recording studio. Yeah. That was his easy in to get demos made. Blah, blah, blah. Their first hit is Runaway. Runaway, right. Which John has not been able to hit the high note at the end of since the 1980s. When they play that song live, they just put a guitar solo there now instead of him having to hit that note. When I saw a video of them doing Living on a Prayer, he had uh, female backup singers that sang the higher notes. Like he harmonized with them. Because he can't. They were actually singing the song and he yeah. was just harmonizing with them because he can't sing it. That's like admitting that you suck. Bring in some ringers. Yeah. It was really weird to see, to be honest, because I was like, wait a second, that's not him singing. It's the girl singing. It's really weird to see. Anyways. We've already talked about there's nothing wrong with trying to gain a certain type of audience. We don't really care who they're marketing this music not to. It doesn't really matter. No. But uh, something that does turn me off about the band is that their big breakthrough album was essentially put through the same test screening process as a major motion picture. In what way? Well, first of all, their entire team was telling them this third album has to do better than your first two or else this is pretty much over. We're not doing this anymore. This is game over. Yeah. So they bring in a real songwriter, Desmond's Child, who, if we didn't talk about in the Kiss episode, we should have. He's a dude who they brought in to write songs for them. And again, smart move. Admit you suck at this. Bring someone else in who's better. Desmond Child comes in for the third album, Slippery When Wet. They write something like 30 songs for the album and then bring in a bunch of teenagers from New Jersey and New York, play the songs for them, and the final album is based on the opinion of these kids. Let's bring a bunch of people in, have them tell us what they like the most, and then that's what we're going to be. It's so put together bullshit. I hate that shit. This album sold more copies in America than any other album in the year 1987, which means someone is inevitably going to cart out the whole, oh yeah, well, if it's so bad, how come so many people liked it? Again, every time that comes up, which is probably going to be often because we do cover some big bands, yeah. a huge list of artists that you probably think suck if you're listening to this, you're gonna if I say... Instinct sucks. They're going to go, well, hell yeah, Instinct sucks. Well, Instinct sold more records than anybody on earth. So <laughs> what the fuck? It doesn't make any sense to say that as an argument. I mean, this is the same country where the pet rock was a thing that yes. happened. Mm -hmm. Something selling is not mean it's good. A band. This is Mark Mosley talking. Uh, by this time, you probably have a good idea whether you agree with us or not. And if you don't like the podcast, that's completely fine. Everyone needs a moronic friend. Either way, we don't really care. We just like to get discussions going around all these topics, you know? If you're a fan of me, Tyler, do us a favor. Go ahead and share this episode. Yeah, tweet about it. Post it on your Facebook Actually, the thing I think you should do, click the little share button on whatever phone you have. 
send it to someone that you know likes the band of the episode that you're currently listening to. It is most important <laughs> thing that you know where your friends stand with these things. And the only way to know that is you send them this episode. You wait for the fallout to happen. Right, then go to yfbspod.com. You can get stickers, buttons, shirts. By the time you're hearing this, there's no telling what'll be in the store. Just get something. Yeah. Make sure if it's a sticker, like put it on your car. On the passenger side window. Facing in. After that friend doesn't even acknowledge that you sent them the episode, but they definitely listen to it. No way to resist it. It's kind of awkward the next time you see them. Sure. Especially when you're wearing a Your Favorite Band Sucks t-shirt, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You'll like it. I'm trying I'm trying a new catchphrase out. Hey, you'll like it. You'll like it. Mark says you'll like it. <laughs> Taking strategic steps to make something that appeals to as wide of an audience as possible is really not what I'm looking for in musical art. No. That's not what I want. It just shows you're just doing it for that specific reason. Where's the creativity? There is no creativity. The person who put together the image is the creative person. It wasn't made in order for them to sit down and say, okay, this is how I wanted to express myself. I really felt like I did a great job of expressing myself here. Okay, here's what we need. We need a bunch of content and then we need to get some kids in here, expose them to this content and whatever they like the best, that is the most valid representation of what we're doing. Right. Which is just trying to sell shit. Yep. Not 100%. trying to communicate anything that matters on any meaningful level to anyone. Just dollars. The people that are most interesting to me anytime we talk about this are the ones that actually made the decisions. I'm intrigued by those people that actually made who wrote the actual songs, who decided on what the image was going to be. Yeah. I'm intrigued by that because that's actually the creative part of it. It really is. That's actually the interesting part to me. Cut John Bon Jovi out and replace him with anybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that has a certain vibe, but they're creating the image. They're creating the songs. I'm not intrigued by John Bon Jovi at all. Because there's nothing special about no, this guy. No, because he could be anybody. Any guy USA. Moderate singing voice, moderate ability to play an instrument, I guess. He could be replaced by somebody better. That's the whole point. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You want to hear a really gross song lyric? Yeah. My favorite part of our podcast. Uh, this this is from the song Blood on Blood, which when I read you the lyric, remember Blood on Blood, it brings up the idea of Blood Brothers to me, maybe. So just kind of have that concept in mind while uh, I read you this lyric from the song. This is on the album New Jersey, by the way. So I think that's their fourth album, which would have been after they're supposed to be trying to market themselves to women. Here's the lyric. Danny knew this white trash girl. We each threw in a 10. She took us to the cheap motel and turned us into men. Yeah. Talking about banging hookers. No, no, not even really a hooker. Just a white trash girl who you can give $10 yeah, to. Yeah, but come on. Man. And then, okay, but then what does that say? Maybe she's not a professional. Maybe she's dabbling. Why did women, what? I don't know. If you're a lady and you're listening to the lyrics, what about that lyric goes, man, I really love this fucking band. This is where you and I could get into some trouble because we're two guys sitting down and right. theorizing about shit that doesn't apply to us. What women might or might not like, sure. Do your thing. Sex work is awesome, yeah, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. referring to a sex worker as a white trash girl is not acceptable. Rock and roll in general is really guilty of this. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't talked about this on this podcast yet, really. But We should start. From now on, we're going to pull some gnarly lyrics out from a lot of and these bands. I have to point out, if you are a woman and you make a conscious decision, I'm going to go fuck every member of this band. God for you. Awesome. Go for it. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, Absolutely. that's fine. But are you okay with this guy referring to you as white trash, you know, right. or whatever color skin you are trash? Right. Or if he spends 10 bucks on some beers for you 
while that's happening and then puts that in the song. Right. Yeah, it only cost me 10 bucks for her to blow the whole band. Again, if that's your trip, if you get off on that, Do your thing. fine. If that empowers you, yeah. whatever. I'm not thing. judging that. But Yeah, because if you were to remove, if you were just to walk up to somebody randomly and say, hey, I'm going to read you some lyrics and oh, not yeah. say anything, yeah. nothing about who it is, where it came from, whatever, mm-hmm. and you read them those lyrics, ask them what they thought about it. I'm going to guess, and I don't know for sure, but I'm going <laughs> to guess nine out of 10 people would go, that's gross, or just say that's not cool. We should actually make an entire podcast where we actually do this exact thing. What? Where we walk around the office or oh, whatever. Fuck that, dude! I'm not trying say, to get smacked. And, and say no. We'll, we'll preface it with like, not we're not telling him who the band is <laughs> or what it is. It would be really interesting to see. Did you listen to the songs that I told you I was going to listen to for this? I don't remember which songs. I sent you a list. I listened to "You Give Love a Bad Name," "Living on a Prayer," "One a Dead or Alive," "Bad Medicine," and "It's My Life." Those are the only songs I listened to to do this. Really, yeah. I st- I could sing you probably every one of those songs. I'm sure those songs are unavoidable if you go to a bar ever. All right. Well, if you're so familiar with them, then let's just talk about each one a little bit. I don't, why? Because <laughs> I did listen to them. <laughs> you actually yeah, you took the time? because I fucking invested my time. <laughs> okay. And you're going to have to deal no. with this shit too. Let's talk, you give love a bad name. You give love a bad name? Mm-hmm. What do I think about it? Yeah. I mean, it's just whatever. It's just a hooky, catchy song. Do you remember the way that he says the word bad in it? You give love a bad name. Nailed it, man. I have that spelled exactly like that in my notes. Why is he saying that? Who knows? B-A-Y-U-D. You give love a bad name. Why is he doing that? Everything about this is just so cliche. It's got that drums only run through of the chorus where everything else drops out. I want to make a note that uh, there is a woe in this song because as I listen to all of these, I'm pretty sure every single hit by this band has the word woe or oh or some variation of that in it. Which is such a fucking generic pop cop-out bullshit thing that bands do. Not fucking lyrics, man. Living on a prayer. Let's go. Living on a prayer. What do you got? Living on a prayer. I'm not asking you to sing these songs. I thought we were singing them. I thought I was singing them. No. Uh, Living on a prayer. Take my hand. We'll make it. I swear. I don't know. What? You just think of the lyrics? Yeah. All right, so what stands out to me with Living on the Prayer is the bass player is the best musician in this band. <laughs> I realize this is a pretty common thing with the bands that we talk about is the bass player is the best musician in the band. Yeah. Muse, there's that song, that Muse song, whatever. We, we haven't, haven't done, done Muse. We're going to do Muse at yeah. one point, but the same thing, that one bass riff of that song is actually pretty cool. Oh, calm down, calm down. <laughs> also, Living on a Prayer has the talk box in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow, 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 that thing. I hate talk box the ranking of guitar effects that people use to sound like a better guitar player than they are wah pedal is only outranked by talk box i always felt like as a non-guitar player that the talk box was the shortest of shortcuts to being a good guitar player just by watching i'm like why doesn't he play that part Mm -hmm. like why can't you just play that like if you were a great guitar player couldn't you just play it great guitar players when they're talking about what they do with the instrument they'll use words like communication or like what you're trying to say with the instrument i'm speaking through my instrument and the reason why is it really does mimic a lot of aspects of vocal communication human vocal communication so that comes from being able to play the fucking instrument, you know, being able to bend notes, get into and out of a note a certain way to emulate uh, emotion that you would hear in speaking. And if you can't play guitar, then the, the next way to do that is running a tube into your mouth to send the sound into there. And then you make all those shapes with your actual mouth. Uh, which, you know, babies can do. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I could do that. Yeah, you could. I mean, couldn't I Couldn't I make, I use a talk box to make quote-unquote guitar sounds? There's a little bit of a learning curve, but if you learned to play guitar right. with a talk box, 
Oh, yeah. So it's just a cop out. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, Richie Sambora auditioned to be in Kiss and didn't get the fucking job. So I don't want to hear any bullshit about how he's a great guitar player. Wow. Wow. Really bad. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the Kiss episode yet, I highly recommend it. God, that's a brutal fucking fact, man. Oh, yeah. You didn't even make the cut for Kiss. Woo. All right. One Dead or Alive. It's a good country song. What the fuck, dude? You're just trying to piss me off. <laughs> Oh, that makes me so mad. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that shit. It's got the uh, uh, the whistle in it or something in it, does it? The country vibe. Uh, does it have a slide guitar in it? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Well, not, I don't think it does. Maybe not. I don't think there's uh, a slide guitar. In wanted it. Dead or Alive. I just think about the movie. Isn't it the, uh, uh, Young, the Guns. Young Guns 2? No, I think that, yeah, Young Guns 2. But I think there was a different song called Blaze of Glory, which is pretty oh. much the sequel to this song. Going down in a blaze. Yeah, as I was say, in my mind, I didn't know the difference. I actually thought they were the same song until now you're saying that. Yeah, they're pretty similar. Yeah. I didn't just go back and listen to You feel to like all songs. country songs are that similar? Go fuck yourself. Just go fuck all of yourself. I should say that I didn't actually just listen to these songs. I watched the music videos for them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember as a kid seeing Bon Jovi music videos on VH1 Classics. And when I think of just a cliche 80s music video, Mm. I always think of Bon Jovi. So I went back and watched them. This is the third song that we're running through. It's the third music video in a row that's just live footage of the band playing for a crowd. That's all their music videos ever are. I thought they got that. What was that one video? Didn't they have like a model in it or something like that? And that was like a big deal. I don't remember, but I guarantee you there was footage of them playing for a crowd in that video. Yeah, yeah. They, they love that. Do. That's their vibe, yeah. Half the people in the crowd shots are probably dead from, I don't know, spandex-related injuries or something. Spandex. Squeezed to death. <laughs> oh, man. How much would you love to see one of the Final Destination movies set in the 80s? Yeah, there'd be a lot of great deaths. Wouldn't that be That's great? actually a great movie idea. You get rid of cell phones. Yeah, get rid of cell phones. Oh, God, corded phones? There's so many things you could do to kill somebody that don't even exist anymore. Okay. What's next? What's next? What's next? I'm still fucking mad at you, but I'm pretty sure he thinks he's singing with a Southern accent in this song. Imagine having the thought, I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride. What does that mean? What is a steel horse? Well, yeah, I don't know. I I would assume motorcycle, but he's not talking about motorcycles anywhere else in the song, so I don't really know. And then also, here's another one. I walk these streets, a loaded six-string on my back. Yeah, so he's talking about his guitar being a gun. It sounds like he sits down, has this fantasy where he starts and wins a fist fight three times a day, but also keep in mind, this is a person who spends at least 90 minutes a day styling his hair in the mirror before he goes outside. Oh, by the way, in 1989, Bon Jovi played Living on a Prayer and Wanted Dead or Alive at the MTV Video Music Awards, and that's what gave some asshole at MTV the idea to make the TV series Unplugged. That was the reason? Yep. It was inspired by Bon Jovi. Every single MTV Unplugged is Bon Jovi's fault. Wow. See, I actually like some of those unplugs. Mm-hmm. I know you don't. You don't mm-hmm. like the unplugs. So he played it live, completely unplugged, and it was like a special performance. Was I think the so. Vibe? Yeah, I think so. I have to go back and watch Here's that. Here's my problem with unplugged, man. You're taking all these rock songs that already suck and stripping them down to like the X-ray version of it. What about Jay-Z unplugged? That's rap. Okay, but all of Jay-Z. What about Linkin Park Jay-Z unplugged? That was a- uh, uh, That's not a real thing. Yo, no, that's real. You just made that up. Uh, it's real. What does Linkin Park do? 
at things with their instruments. Does the guy still scream? I don't remember. I don't think so. Maybe. I, I don't know. The entire premise of the show is so stupid. Uh, oh, you know what we should do? Let's take genres of music that rely on massive production, both in the studio and on stage, to hide how terrible these people are at writing songs. Take all that production away. I will say, some of those bands' unplugged versions are so bad. Because you're right. You can hide behind distortion. They all are. But if you take the distortion away from a rock band, you really get to see how bad a lot of rock bands are. Rough. Or their inability to sing. Oh, man. Uh Uh-uh. Um, all right, I'm going to stop asking you because you don't even know. But then I watched the Bad Medicine video. And that one, they tried to get a little weird with it. Sam Kinison is in the music video for Bad Medicine. At the beginning, he's standing in line of all the people waiting to get into a Bon Jovi concert. Someone comes out that's supposed to be with the band and says some bullshit. And Sam's like, oh, is this going to be another one of those videos where it's just live shots of the band and everything? You know, he gets the crowd all amped up. The premise is they give handheld cameras to all the fans. I shot that. Didn't the Beastie Boys do that? Yeah. But it's still the same fucking thing. It's just the band playing live. It's the same exact thing. Okay, for this video, we're going to do live. But listen this. This time we're going to give cameras to the crowd. And in the song, he's definitely trying to sing like Axl Rose. And it just made me want to listen to Guns N' Roses. You know? Yeah. And, and by the way, there are woes and O's in every one of these songs. I can't remember if I've been talking about it, but whoa, whoa shake yeah, it up. Yeah, Bad Medicine is kind of a Guns N' Roses vibe. It totally is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which brings us to It's My Life, which is the last song that I listened to. And this is really the culmination of everything. This is peak Bon Jovi, in my opinion. This is, yeah, I can't believe anyone is still paying attention to this band at this point, but they did a lot to get the attention back on this. First of all, the production on It's My Life, if you haven't heard it in a long time, go back and listen to it. If Evanescence covered Bon Jovi, this is exactly what it would sound like. And I promise that every time you hear the song from now on, you're going to think of that. It sounds exactly like Evanescence. Yeah. I couldn't even finish listening to the song. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Yeah, I'm like running through the song in my head or what I remember of it anyways. Well, okay. It's My Life is honestly one of the most desperate attempts at fan service that I have ever seen. Ever. They found a way to put every single Bon Jovi cliche into one song. It is the most cliche thing for sure. Well, first of all, the whole thing is a throwback to Living on a Prayer. Like, hey, remember that other hit song we had 20 years ago? Here's another one. And this time it's way easier to sing at karaoke. Which everyone knows if you go to karaoke, you are going to hear a Bon Jovi song at some point in the night. It's guaranteed. Why? Because I don't know. I don't do it. I think it's because of the woes and the o's. A sing-along Everyone vibe. Everyone can do the woe part. It's a sing-along vibe. And yeah, there's not a lot of pressure on you because for one thing, John Bon Jovi's a terrible fucking singer. Yeah, no, it's really one of those songs, oddly enough, yeah, if you really think about it, it's one of those karaoke songs that if people butcher, no you're not kidding, even yeah. upset. Because it never was good in the yeah, first Yeah, exactly. Place. You're like, whatever. Bon Jovi comes on, you expect them to butcher it. It's an expected mm. thing. I was at the karaoke bar one time and a guy did a Prince song. Blew my mind how good he was as a singer. Oh, really? But you expect it. Either you are going to hit this and kill it or you're going to suck. Imagine someone doing a Prince song and being terrible at it. You would be mad enough to maybe even leave the bar. Right. But if somebody does Bon Jovi, you expect it automatically to suck. You know you signed yourself up for that before you even go to the place where karaoke is going to happen. This is going to suck. Ha 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 ha. Laugh and laugh and laugh. (laughs) So right from the jump, It's My Life, the title is a throwback to living on a prayer with the word life in there. Wow. Second, the lyrics of Living on a Prayer are about this couple named Tommy and Gina, and those characters are brought back for 
It's My Life, part two. But it's just an offhand reference just to remind you. Their story is not furthered in any meaningful way. It's just a reference to the fact that these are two names of people that we talked about in this it's other hit a, song. It's just a ding your nostalgia is what it's doing. That's all it is. It's just there to ding your nostalgia. Next, the talk box guitar is brought back because they used that in Living on a Prayer. Of course. And finally, they have to appeal to the New Jersey thing with a reference to Frank Sinatra in the line, like Frankie said, I did it my way. Mm. So it's just everything, everything that you think of when you think of Bon Jovi, they packed it all into this one song. And oh, and like I said earlier, this is the song they brought Max Martin in for. So this is literally just Max Martin sitting down going, hmm, sure would like to make a lot of money since I have to spend my time writing a song for this stupid band. Uh, Let's see why anyone cared about them in the first place. These are Bon Jovi's signature moves. We have to make sure we jam every Bon Jovi signature move into this song. Sweet. We'll just throw all this shit into one song. Boom. Ship it. People will love it. And it worked. It's so insane. I'm going to give some free advertising. There's this bar in Philadelphia. If you're ever in Philadelphia and you hate Bon Jovi, go to a bar called Billy Murphy's Irish Saloon. They have a strict policy against Bon Jovi being played on the jukebox. No Bon Jovi. Ever. Because if your favorite band is Bon Jovi. Your favorite band sucks. Thank you for listening to your favorite band, Sucks. There's not going to be a new episode of the podcast next week because Mark needs to learn a lesson about not disrespecting country music and about listening to the fucking songs I tell him to listen to. So yeah, if anyone needs me, I'll be at Tyler Mayhan Co. on Twitter and you could tell him to stop listening to Limp Biscuit and get his shit together at